Awesome, guys. I'm here with uh, George Bell. George, thanks for coming on, brother. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Yeah, man. So as you guys can see, we don't have this up on YouTube just yet, but I don't really have any notes, so we're just going to roll with it. Uh, so, George, dude, you're with uh, Fieldcraft. So what really even is that? Um, and would you get started? So, so I have to go back to like 20, like 2012. And it was like September, September 2012. That's when like the Benghazi thing happened. And uh, so two days later, I was sent to, uh, to Tripoli. I was like, I was part of, uh, it's called Team Libya. And I was like the NCIC. And I was just in charge of basically like funding uh, the training and make sure everybody had whatever they need, like more of like an admin on the ground type job. But then once I got in on the ground, there was an ODA that was there, but they were getting ready to leave. So um, on the handover, Mike Glover's team came in and we picked them up. So I met Mike Glover probably, I want to say maybe October, end of October of 2012. It was him and he had probably, I think, three or four of the guys. So he didn't have a full ODA. He, he He had a you know, he had maybe three to four guys. And then um, a typical ODA has 12 guys. So he was shorthanded. Um, he was from the SIF in uh, Fort Carson, Colorado, 10th group. And we met and it was a small world because we met and we started talking and we found we had a, a common person we knew. So I did 20 years and some change and uh, all my years was in uh, psychological operations. So I met Mike in Libya on the ground and it was like, man, we were talking. He's like, you know, I'm, I lived in Fayetteville. My mom owns this day spawn. I was like, oh, what's it called? And he told me. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly like what, where that is and everything. And then while I was in PSYOP, I got a, a chance to do a thing called training with industry. And it was a year. I was still in the military, but I was working like I was an intern at uh, WRAL TV uh, in, uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. So basically what it was, it was, a, it was a program where you go in and you go through all the um, all the departments. So I started in like the scheduling department and, and in the, I think it, I forget what it was called, like programming. I started in programming and, you know, they did all the, you know, here we go. We're starting the, the morning news at four in the morning. Boom. They just make sure everything's going and all that stuff. So I, was, I hopped through all these departments and I was on this one department. It was basically the floor, like the cameras, the uh, teleprompter, all that stuff. And, uh, they had a crew there and, uh, I spent like maybe a couple weeks with them and they're real cool guys, like laid back. And like, there was a, a girl there and, um, she ran track. She was like a track star, but she just, she was working at WREL and, uh, she's like, yeah, I went to, I went to, uh, Terry Sanford high school in Fayetteville. And I said, you know, my house, I, I bought a house right next door to it. So it was like small world. And she's like, yeah, I ran track, blah, 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 blah. I did this. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So fast forward to 2012, I meet Mike Glover and he's talking to me. He said, yeah, I went to Terry Sanford High School in high, when I was in uh, high school and I went out with this girl. She was really tall and she ran track. I was like, was her name, was her name so-and-so? He was like, yeah. So that's kind of like how me and Mike kind of like had this bond from like there on. It was like a small world, became, became good friends. And then um, I was getting ready to get out of the military uh, in 2018. And I've been staying in touch with Mike and he's like, hey, when you get out, you can come work for me at Fieldcraft. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, because I didn't have any plans. I didn't have anything. I was just going to basically just live off my retirement and just chill. You know, I had no plans. I was I was divorced at the time. I was like, all right, whatever. I'll do whatever I got to do. Well, uh, I get married, have a kid. And then when my wife was seven months pregnant, I retired October 
and uh, we just drove cross country out to Prescott, Arizona. And I started working for Fieldcraft. Like when I first started working there, uh, I was just packing boxes, man, like shipping stuff out. You know, I was just a nug, just grinding. So uh, one thing led to another, the company started growing. And basically what Fieldcraft Survival is, is we're a company that, um, you know, we want to make sure people are prepared. We want to make sure that people have what they need on them, in their home, in their vehicle, whatever it is that they are prepared, they have whatever they need. If, if it's if it's self-protection, if it's medical, if it's gear, if it's, you know, making a, uh, a plan uh, for your family, like if, if you're hurt or if something happens, you're bleeding, how to use a tourniquet, how to stop the bleed. Um, we have a lot of courses, you know, if, if you go to fieldcrowdtravel.com and on the training, we have, you know, uh, shooting courses, we have med courses, we have survival courses. So we're trying to all encompass that, that, that genre of survival and make it palatable for people to understand. And so they're not afraid of, well, I don't know what to do if I'm stuck in the woods or I don't know how to start a fire. I don't know how to put a tourniquet on. It's like, well, we're here to teach you and yeah. we're really nice about it. And we're really cool. Like going out, we have, I mean, I think collectively we have over, I mean, hundreds of years of experience, you know, from our military background. Um, we just hired Kevin Estella. He's a basically he's an OG bushcraft guy, survivalist. Um, we have him on staff now, and this is going to change our like elevate our survival game. To I mean, it's going to be crazy because he is like the guy, you know, the survival guy. So we'll be able to do more with him and uh, and just share our, our knowledge. I mean, it's all his we're not here. We're not stingy. You know, we want to make sure everyone has what they need to survive. I mean, why wouldn't you want a skill? Like, why don't I want a skill of, if something happened to my family, if I'm in a car wreck, um, I can easily take care of the situation. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm just there as, you know, just my, on my own first responder. That's what kind of what we say. And as long as I have everything I need, I can, you know, keep that family member or someone alive until the EMS gets there. So we try to, you know, we, we train on the, like pillars of pillars of preparedness and things like that so that we have a plan you know you formulate a plan first so if you don't have a plan then like you're no good to anybody so the thing is it's a simple it's have a plan and make sure you're prepared and you have the things you need and if you don't have it reach out and ask like that's what we're here, we're here for so yeah so field cross survival it's uh we're growing i mean we started about when i started the company in 2018 i mean we had maybe myself and uh maybe two or three other people like we were very small and uh now we're we're in heber city we have uh over i want to say maybe 15 employees with instructors and all that stuff so it's a lot going on and it's just a busy time and uh it's it's interesting to see you know a, a company grow from basically the you know starting it out and to where it's at now and i can't wait to see like three or four years on the road to see where we're at so yeah man first of all thank you for your service um oh yeah no worries yeah. So what branch of military was that in? You mentioned psychops. Oh, uh, yeah. So I was in I was in the army. I was in uh, psychological operations. Like when I, it's funny. I went to MEPS and I'm like, I did a year of college and it didn't work out. I went to a higher northern university. I tried to be a pharmacist because I worked in a pharmacy. I was like, oh, this is cool. I can do this. And it wasn't for the lack of trying. It was basically I could not handle that workload. It, it, it I mean, it was calculus, chemistry physics in like one day i mean really? I, and i wasn't like yeah and I, I mean a lot of these kids were like honor students and i was just a dude just grinding you know i was a b average top fourth in my like i just you know but i realized after that year i, I got put on academic academic probation and 
I said to myself, I said, is this what I really want to do for the next four or five years, like struggling in, in college and not making no money? And then when I get out, I got to pay all these loans back. I said, you know what? It's, I'm going to join the military. I always had aspirations of doing that. I just needed to pull the trigger. And um, when I got that letter in the mail saying, yeah, you're acting your probation, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing any of this anymore. I'm going to join the military. Not to interrupt you, what does that mean, academic probation? What does that mean? So I didn't make, I didn't have a high enough grade point average to come back the next, for the next semester or something. So I had to take uh, like summer classes and uh -huh. I signed up for like, I signed up for a couple and I did them and I'm like, this ain't for me, man. I, I want to start making money. I want to earn, earn a living, you know? I'm, I'm, I don't want to get myself in debt with all these um, student loans. I mean, it was one year of that college was like 24, thousand or something like that just ridiculous and that was back in 98 Damn. so i uh you know i joined the army you know when i got the maps i was like i just want to be airborne jump out of a plane i don't care what my job was i had no like education on the military what mos's were you know none of that stuff i go in there like i want to jump out of planes and what whatever what, like just give me that and i was like and i want to leave now you know so they were like, well, let's, this is not how it works. You know, you have like your calendars and then you have your, your days and you have your scheduling. So we have to get in there and do the thing. He's like, well, what about this MOS? It leaves. Um, so this was in October of 98. And then they're like, yo, this, um, this MOS is 37 Fox. It's psychological operations. Here's the thing. Read it. I said, all right, psychological operations, special operations command, airborne language. I was like, all right, sure. Like, Let's do this, you know. Sounds good. So yeah. I signed up. Yeah, I signed up for PSYOP and uh, I came in as a PSYOP baby. That's what they called us. And I served my whole time in PSYOP. So it it was uh, a very interesting MOS because like when you first join, it's you don't really know what like what PSYOP is. I mean, it's very it's not confusing. It's just like, so what, what do we do here? Like, oh, so we're influencing. We're changing behaviors. And then, you know, they're like, well, look at it in terms of marketing and advertising for the government. You know, you're the voice of the commander. You're the voice of the, of the, uh, the ambassador on the ground. And, you know, you, you work for that, per, you know, whatever, because we're, we're a support element. So we're not like a main effort. We're not going to be out there leading the charge, which, you know, we prob probably could, but we're a support element that supports embassy, like country teams at the embassy. And then we support, you know, uh, SF teams, uh, infantry we, we we're all over the place you know planners everywhere we have uh teams that are you know here and there we're everywhere and uh so it was a very interesting mos to say the least because one the travel was amazing like i got to travel all over the world i mean got to meet interesting people and the job was was really cool at the time you know it it, it really makes you think because it's like i have to take this target audience that i was given and influence them to do something that we want them to do, you know? And it's like, dude, like I have a high school education, some college, and you want me to go in with my like 14 weeks of training in AIT. And, you know, you want, you want me to influence a, a, a like population, like a target audience and yeah. okay, sure. And, you know, and then we have a team and we go in and we do all of our, uh, all of our research. We do our target audience analysis process and, that leads to, you know, you're, you're developing your, um, your main arguments, your supporting arguments, you're, you're, you're making up your uh, South objectives, you're supporting South objectives. So there's like all this planning and research that goes into it. Cause I mean, if you think about it, you're, I'm trying to change someone's behavior and that's a hard thing to do. Like, especially when like, just take, for example, we went to Ukraine 
and I was the first team in Ukraine and we were there and we were there to just to help out with to, to for, with the voting to support the election hmm. and while we're there we're like okay easy go vote I mean that's the message go vote <laughs> so how like how hard is that you know yeah. but there's so many things that go in like even if you're just doing a simple message of hey go out and vote at your choice or something like that you have to make it like you have to say so when you're doing all this stuff the process you have um you know, the, the best practice is to have a local, like a couple, like a handful of locals that you can bounce off ideas with. Mm. And we had that at the embassy. We were using, you know, the, the, the locals that work for the embassy. And we were having this thing called a, like chant, the chance, per, uh, it was like uh, something like, now that you're, you know, the old regime's out, you're gonna have a new election, a new government. Now it's your chance, like here is your chance. So like the whole thing was chance. So we made like this whole, we worked with this company, this marketing company, and we worked with this, um, um, basically it was a conglomerate of professionals in Ukraine and it was called the Ukraine Crisis Media Center. And what it was, you had people from like marketing, lawyers, advertising, news people, um, all kinds of people come into this, they just met up, started this thing. And it was like in this old, it was in a hotel, like on the hilltop uh, where the main Maidan, where the square was at. So we have to go there for like meeting and stuff and meet with all these people and, and develop all these ideas. And uh, we came up with the chance thing. And and it, 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 we did billboards, we did posters, we did uh, like TV little segments and stuff like that, radio. And uh, it turned out like some of the stuff was like, people were, some people were receptive and some people weren't. The people that weren't, we were asking them why. And it was like, well, you're telling me to take a chance. And we look at that as it's gambling, like take a chance. That's roll the dice you know what i mean it was like that like you're you're trying to it's a gamble that for me to take a chance so but it wasn't that wasn't the whole thing it was like maybe one or two things that said that so it was like those are things you got to take into consideration of like that what i what we said to make a chance or to uh, now is your chance it may it means something different in another country another culture so those are the things that we have to look at like culturally religion um, the way they were raised, all that stuff. And then it's all like generational. So it's like, yeah, our messaging might not work for the older crowd, but at the same time, if we do the research, we, we come to, to, the, to the point or the conclusion of, hey, this isn't the target audience. Here's our target audience. Our target audience is, is 18 to 35 year olds that, that are, you know, that are, that vote, that are involved or whatever we want to do, we have whatever we say. And then that's what we go after. Like we, we, we plan off of that. And then how would our messaging, how do we influence them with our messaging to, to A, go out and vote or B, um, to start maybe to join a volunteer or something like that, go clean a park or something like that. We were trying to get that kind of like community type things together. And then I'll tell you what, that was like after 14, 13 to 14 years I was in the military. That was like basically my first real like PSYOP deployment to an embassy. So that was like, after 14 years, I finally got that embassy deployment. Like leading up to that, it was all like, uh, all supporting like tactical stuff, you know, or I was, I was an instructor for three years and then I did uh, training with industry for a year. So it was a little break in time, but that was my very first like real regional deployment, they called it. And, um, and it was pretty good. I mean, we got a lot of stuff done. We made a lot of relationships. So it was always good to, you know, I look at it like I was the, uh, the team sergeant of the team but my main thing is like, I wasn't the one like necessarily making products and supporting. I was basically, I, I was, you know, you're the team sergeant, you know, you go out and you're talking to people, you're making their networking and you're, 
dealing with all the finances and then you're dealing with all the country team and like, you know, it's a different, that culture is different from the military culture. So, cause they're, you know, you have all these suits and ties and we're suits and ties, but underneath we're, you know, we're, we're in our green suits, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're in our camis or whatever. So it's just one of those things that you have to, you have to have an open mind. Um, you can't let, you can't take things personal and you just have to keep going forward. Like stop living the past. So that's kind of how I did like, you know, look at my career as a whole. That sounds, so. that sounds difficult as shit, man. I mean, I'm sure there's <laughs> yeah. trainers involved too, right? Well, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So we had, I was lucky enough, I had, I had two, um, two, uh, I guess I had a Ukrainian speaker and a Russian speaker on my team. So we had a, we didn't have to have um, anyone translate, but if we had like a product that we really wanted to um, get looked at, we'd, we'd have, we'd grab one of the local um, guys in the uh, office and had him look at it just to get more eyes on it. Hmm. Man, that had to be, that had to be tough. You just kind of trying to, you know, get rid of people's limiting beliefs and get them to do what you want. That had to be. Oh yeah. I mean, if, if you look at it, like say if like, even for, for example, in the, in the United States, whatever it is, it's like, in order to make, make a change, it's going to be like two generations. Cause you look at it, like, yeah. look at your, like your grand, your grandparents. They, yeah. they're, they're totally different mindset than your parents. And then, you know, aunts and uncles and then you just like, take a look at your generation and like, and how they use technology, how they use like, I mean, my mom still writes checks at the store. It's like, mom, why don't you get a debit card? It's like, I just not the way I do it. You know, <laughs> I like the analog version of it. Yeah. I don't want the digital. So, and then like, let's just say like, you know, you're doing a campaign for that. Like, okay, I want to get my mom to use that debit card. Like, so I'd have to come up with a plan to make her, you know, whatever it is, you know, I'd have to have the right messaging, the right narrative, you know, I'd have to maybe make some products to show her like, Hey, look at this video. This is, look at the, uh, you know, it makes it a lot easier to use a card than writing a check, yeah. but it's just like, you know, one thing that you can like kind of compare it to, you know? Yeah, that's tough. A lot of people don't want to change what they've been doing. I mean, no, people, not at all. Once people get stuck, especially trying to translate that across different languages. Were you only in Ukraine? Uh, so I did, I was, you know, I did the Afghanistan thing. Everyone, I mean, pretty check the block. Uh, I did Ukraine. Uh, I was over in um, uh, Korea. I went to Thailand. Uh, I was in Australia a couple times. Uh, Italy, you know, France, Spain. I was in Germany for like three, three years. So it was like all over the place. Like it was great. I got to go to Africa a couple of times. I got to go to Uganda um, and Libya. So uh, I had a very like, I mean, like looking back on it, like when I'm, when I'm talking about my career, or like when I'm, it's weird when I'm talking about my career to somebody, I feel like I haven't, I hadn't done anything. Like I, I just did my job and that was it, you know? But then when I like sit down by myself, I'm like, oh, wait, I did that. I did this. I went there. I was like, oh, okay. That was a lot of cool, cool shit. Times, you know? Yeah. The thing that, that sucks is like, I had a hard drive full of like videos, pictures and everything. And it was a Western digital hard drive, which I recommend never buy. Uh, sorry, Western digital, but your shit sucks. And I lost everything. I had like a terabyte drive. I lost everything. So yeah. it's like, I have no pictures, no videos, like everything's gone. So it's like, I just have to go off my memory. So, but no, it's cool. And I've been getting pictures like every once in a while, like I'll have friends send me some stuff. I'm like, oh man, thank you so much. Cause like I had nothing. Uh, so yeah. How did, did you, did the, you like lose the actual hard drive itself or did it like not work? Oh, it just, it just shit the bed. It just shit the bed. <laughs> That's the worst. 
And then I sent it, I sent it to off to get fixed. They couldn't fix it. And then it was sent to California. And then somehow it, the company that was supposed to fix it shut down. And I don't even know where it's at. It's like, Damn. it's lost. I, I just, I recently just like, basically was like, okay, it's gone, George. Let it go. You're done. You'll never get those pictures back. Let it go. So it's been a little easier. <laughs> it had to be frustrating, man. I had, uh, I got oh, yeah. my phone a couple of years ago and I lost everything like on my cloud and everything it's like oh my gosh <laughs> it's so annoying like technology is like it's like a gift and a curse you know yeah it really is man that's interesting um how long were you over each of these actual different places you mentioned you're over in ukraine for a little while like how long yeah so ukraine was a six month tour uh and then like when i went to afghanistan i was supporting uh the um ranger regiment same with the ranger regiment so they had like, it was like three to four months. Then you come back, do a bunch of training, go back three to four months, come back, do a bunch of training, go back three or four months. So it was like a constant, like, uh, just back and forth of where we were going for those like three or four years I was there supporting them. And uh, yeah, it was uh, a very interesting career, I can say, so. And you met Mike in the actual military. What, did he already have field craft going at that time? No, so I met him in 2012. And then I left, Libby, did like, Libby was another six months. And then I left him and then he, he got out and he went to GRS. And then when he was in Pakistan, that's kind of where he came up with the idea of field craft. And then I saw, like, I was just, you know, I stay in touch with him and he, then he started the company and then took off from there. So it, it's, I think the field craft survival started in California, then it went to Colorado, then Arizona, and now we're in Utah. So. Awesome. I think we're staying here. I think this is home for the next, at least the next eight years. We'll see. Uh, you guys aren't too far away from Black Rifles, are you? I think Black Rifles. No, we're like, yeah, they're down in, uh, they're down in uh, Salt Lake. And yeah, they're about like 45 minutes away from us. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. I'd love to get those guys in the podcast. Oh, great guys. Yeah. Awesome yeah. dudes. Really good guys. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like, I mean, just being in the military when it comes to coming out and doing like businesses together, that's, I mean, there's some good businesses of people that serve together. You know, you know, the best part about being out and, and, and working in a career like this is when you're in the military, you have so many red, like so many stop signs, so many closed doors, so many, hey, if you want to do something, you need to like, it needs to get approved. It needs to go to the lawyers. It needs to go to the commander. And here it's like, if I have an idea, I just say, hey, Mike, I, I'm going to do this. All right, go. <laughs> just run with you know, it. If, and just run with it. Like, if you have a good idea, they, we, you know, we like, we thrive off creative people. So if someone has a good idea and it's like, yeah, let's do it. Like I had an idea, like, I, like I enjoy cooking. Like I'm a cook. I'm not a chef. I'm not really a cook. I just, I'm a dude that likes to make good food. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I said, you know, we should do like a, a little cooking show. Like let's, let's, let's change it up for field craft. I said, let's do a cooking show. And I first started off with, we called it off-grid cooking because I had like, I was out in the woods cooking and stuff like that. Then I was like, man, this is kind of like, I don't, I want to do more. I want to do like, if I'm in my kitchen, I want to show like maybe a technique on the grill or I want to show like a technique at home. Like, you know, let's set up at home and let's record it. Because then, you know, if you look at field crowd survival, the word survival is, you know, it doesn't have to be out in the woods. It doesn't have to be like any particular situation. It just have to be able to survive. And we look at surviving as, that's everyday life. You know, that's, you know, Every day you wake up, you got to survive, you know? Yeah. Like, think about like driving a car is, it's a dangerous thing to do. Especially when you're driving around other people, you don't know what their experiences are. And, you know, and every day you put yourself in danger. So it's like, you know, let's just, 
relax, have a good time and just get stuff done. You know, let's just, let's do it. We're not, we're not, we're only here for a short amount of time. Let's see what we can do and have a good time doing it. So and that's what we try to do, but we, you know, we try to keep it, keep it serious, um, serious at the same time and, right. uh, and just make sure we're educating and we're giving back. Like our main thing is like, we love giving back and however we can do that, we're going to do it. So that's awesome, man. You have a podcast around your cooking too, don't you? So I have a, just a show I'm doing on YouTube, but I don't have a, we, I just, I usually, I just, I just use our podcast, the Field Crop Survival Podcast, if I'm doing any guests. Like I got to interview a, a, a celebrity chef called uh, Eduardo Garcia, and he has a, uh, uh, he was, he had a hunting accident basically where he got shocked and it like, like 2,400 volts, like blew him like across, you know, blew him out and it had like all these like exit wounds on him. And he survived. Like he was able to walk out of the woods, get help, and he lost his his left arm, but he has like the uh, you know the prosthetic on there. And I mean, watching he has a um, uh, a documentary called Charged on Amazon, and it is like it's moving, man. It it, it shows like his struggle because he not only did he get uh, electrocuted, something else happened to him. And I won't say anything because I want people to watch the the documentary. But man, it's like. To show like that person surviving that situation is like amazing and i got to podcast him and i was trying to get some like content with him because we were up in montana a few months back for a course and which just didn't work out but very like inspiring guy like how he basically survived all the stuff he went through it's, just, it's an amazing uh story but uh yeah check that out if you hit a chance you said charged yeah charged yep I'll write that down sounds pretty good yeah it's really good like you'll cry i mean if, if you don't cry there's something wrong with him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's very, it's very moving. Did he start cooking? So, not to cut you uh, off. Did he start co uh, cooking after he got shot? No, he was a he was a, a chef before that as well. Like that's his, he was a chef his, I mean, whenever he started his career. But he was like a, a yacht chef. He was like one of those private chefs. Hmm. And then, um, then he, well, I forget what he did after that. But he did some kind of like, you know, he worked in a restaurant or whatever. But yeah, very, uh, very nice guy. Very like a gentle soul type of guy, you know. But that's kind of only like when I did my podcast, I interviewed him. But uh, yeah, I don't have my a podcast yet. I'm thinking about doing that, but that may be in the future. Who knows? Like, it, it seems like everyone has a podcast. So yeah, I want to make sure I have, I, I want to make sure like, I want to get like some buy-in with it. I don't want to be the guy with like one viewing or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. It's just something I got. It's, it's on the list. You should do it, man. So we'll see. You should do oh, it. Oh, I am. It, I am. It's going it. to happen. So you got a good voice for yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you. I got the face for podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so is what's his what you said Eduardo Garcia is that what you said? Yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. He okay now, or is he? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's thriving. I mean, my man is like he's he's crushing. He has a uh, his own company called Montana Mex. He sells like all kind of like salsas and, and and spices and all kind of cooking stuff and uh really good stuff like like different like you know you go you, you taste one hot sauce you taste them all you taste one salsa. I tell you what, you taste this stuff, it's different. It's just a different, it's really good. So yeah, that even sounds like a good, good chef. Eduardo. Yeah. yeah. He sounds like he makes a yeah. good <laughs> Oh yeah. Very good. So, but yeah, check him out when you get a chance. That's cool. But man. yeah, so I do like, I mean, like I'll podcast anybody. Like I, I podcast a Jim Miller of the UFC. Like he's like one of the like legends of UFC. And uh, so we, me and him stayed in touch. We're getting ready to do some stuff with him. I want to say beginning of March. We're going to go out to his, uh, he bought a new homestead in, in, uh, in New Jersey. So we're going to go out there and do some stuff with him. We're going to do, I'm going to do another a cooking show with him. So he'll be on my, the show. Hopefully if he, 
if he has time. But yeah, we're going out there just to get some content and just have fun doing it. So that's awesome, man. What's uh your cooking show on YouTube so people can find that? Oh, okay. So right now it's it's right now it's called off grid cooking, but the new uh show will be called uh insert ingredient here. And we're gonna do a I'm having a we we're doing some filming next week and it should be out like hopefully next next in the next week it should be out. So we'll see. It's just something like honestly. It's just something fun that I um, that I wanted to do for a while, and and just to have just have a good time doing it. Just something different for Fieldcraft to show, like, hey, we're not just out here like digging for worms and you know out shooting carbines and pistols all the time. We, you know, yeah. we we're we can show you certain things, and we're working with uh, some other people to do like homesteading, like how to grow your own food, um, more of like a frontier type stuff. Um, you know, homesteading horseback riding packing stuff out on a on a goat but stuff like that like you know just why not why wouldn't you want to skill like that so yeah that's cool so is that is that just kind of your own thing or is that affiliated with with field craft the what the, the show you're cooking oh show. yeah 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 it's all yeah it's all like field craft oriented it's going to be on the field crafts uh youtube page stuff like that so yeah that's awesome man you mentioned uh montana earlier you, you said you go there sometimes so we went there, we had a, um, we did a, it was called a, the resiliency course. And it was basically, we, we had 13 civilians out there and we, for like a whole week, I mean, we, we taught them, you know, uh, survival stuff. We taught them how to like, you know, kill a chicken, cook it up. We taught them how to, you know, all the med stuff we had, we had a, a couple med, uh, we had a doc out there. So if you, uh, get a chance, uh, Bill Krause survival fit doc is one. And um, we have another guy, uh, James Davenport. He works for uh, North American Rescue. So he does our training out on the East Coast. And then, uh, and then uh, Doc will have out here on the West, in the West, uh, out West. So, but they're like, uh, Doc is a, a, a actual SF doctor. And then James uh, Davenport is a retired uh, SF medic. Um, very awesome dude so if you're ever you know on our website check out the, the for the medical training type stuff and then uh uh yeah where, 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 where's i going with this i keep i lose my track of thought so so fast yeah, too, man. all right <laughs> so when you guys have these these actual courses do you have you break them up like okay this one's gonna be about specifically medical this one's gonna be about shooting or do you kind of just like all mix it okay. up? okay oh yeah so back to the resiliency course so yeah it was a week of it was basically a week of every course that we do. So we did long range shooting, but it was, it was, we did long range shooting. We did land nav, we did uh, carbine, we did pistol, we did medical, uh, we did uh, survival. We did, oh, what else we do? We did a lot of, but we did what it, what it was a lot about it was, was just sharing our experience with these people and then just showing them like, Hey, it's not that hard to like, you know, be prepared, be resilient, um, bouncing back from things. Um, we did a lot of self-defense type stuff. So if someone's like coming at you, like what are some things you can do, how to draw and, and be more effective with your with your draw from the uh, concealed carry. And then we did like a home invasion one where we did, where the guy was sitting on his couch and then you had someone come in as a, you know, it was a role player, but they come in and we do a scenario where it's like, what do you do if someone comes in your house and tries to, and tries to roll over on you? Like, you know, what's the best practices? And so that was a whole week. It was just nonstop from like the Monday to the Friday. And it was, probably one of the best courses that we, we've done because we did everything. So it was, it was really nice. That's awesome. What do you do if someone just breaks in and starts, you know, when you're, watching, I mean, I, you know, it, it, it all depends. Like if you're in your bed, hopefully that you have your, you know, whatever, 
weapon you have or whatever, whatever you have for your home protection that you have something there to you know protect your family or if they come inside like i mean it just have something in place to where you can protect yourself i mean oh it's a that's the thing that we teach it's like be prepared like yeah <laughs> have that plan you know have that plan with your family have the talk with your family like hey like shit is crazy out here like we have to have a real talk about what happens if someone tries to break in what are we going to do like what's our plan what do we have what's our you know, what's our security plan? Do we grab the kids? Do we go in the closet? Do I just grab the shotgun and start just dumping rounds into somebody <laughs> or, you know, like what's uh-uh. the situation? I think, I think what it does is like, you have to like basically do a, uh, like a site survey of your house and you do a, with your family, like, okay, what is the requirements of my family? What are my family's capabilities when something happens? So then that, and then that is another step, train your family, like, Make your family involved in the plan of protecting yourself. Like, just don't say, "I got this, babe. I'll, I'll yeah. handle everything." Because what happens if you, you if it, the guy comes in, you're the first one to say, "Boom, you're dead." But I haven't told my my you know my 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 daughters. I haven't told my sons. I haven't told my my wife on the plan. Like, and you know, it's just have a plan. If you don't know a plan, reach out. Go on IG and put in. You know, Phil Crown Survival and send us a DM or, you know, there's so many other companies. You have courses of action. You have, uh, vid, uh, and they changed their name. It was Risen Warrior. And I think it's now it's like Lineage, Lineage Defense or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you have Gunfu Fighter, uh, Mason. You know, you have all these people that you can just reach out to and they'll reach back to you and let you know. But my thing is I would definitely go to a course, go to a training course. If you have, if there's anybody that there's beginners or intermediate, or even if you're, you know, you've done it a while, like sign up for a course, get, get that mindset of, Hey, this is the real world. There are dangers out there. Things may happen and why not be prepared for them? Like, you know, you, like the old saying is I carry a gun. So I hope I never have to use it, you know? make a plan like for a home invasion and just make sure you don't have to ever, you know, implement that plan, but have a plan, do like a rehearsal with your family. I mean, yeah, it may sound like, Oh my God, are we, am I overdoing it? No, they have to know like you, like you do like, I mean, uh, hopefully people do rehearsals if there's a fire, if you know, like, what do you do then? You know, like it's just common sense stuff. Like why wouldn't I have a plan for this? Why wouldn't I have this in my car? Why wouldn't I have a bag with some stuff in it that I need or, Hey, do you have a med kit in your house? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do, do you have a, a, a tourniquet? Let's just say, you know, you just, anything can happen in the house, in the kitchen, you can cut your wrist, you can cut your arm, you can cut your leg. Like, do you have a tourniquet or a med kit in, like, in your, like, 15 feet away? You know what I mean? So it's, those are things that we want people to think about when they're going about their everyday life. Like, we get complacent. Trust me. I... I forget to my EDC two days in a row, three days in a row sometimes. Like I'll just forget to grab my little bag and it just stays at home or I forget it in my truck because I, because I get complacent. I'm a human being. I make mistakes, you know? But I think if you have a conscious effort of like, hey, what do I need to do today? Like, you know, like before you leave your house, you know, you check your, well, what's the saying? Like uh, spectacles, testicles, wallet or something like that. You know, <laughs> just make sure you touch everything before you leave the house. Do I have everything? Yes. So, I mean, that's kind of like, it's, and it's all about like getting a, a rhythm, like a mindset, like a, what do they say? You have to do something so many times for it to become a habit. So those things you, that you have to do is just practice, 
practice your habit, you know? So I, I want to drink a gallon of water a day. Hey, guess what? You're not probably not going to drink a gallon of water the first day, but yep. keep practicing that habit. Like you want to get better at jump shot? Guess what? You got to shoot jump shots. Got to get out there. You want to get, get better at push-ups? Guess what, guy? Let's do some push-ups. You know what I mean? It's just those things that we just take for granted and mm-hmm. don't think about, you know? Like, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to work. I'm going 15 miles down the road. Right. I don't need, I don't need anything. I, I can, I'll make it. You just never know. And especially in Utah, I'll tell you what, the drivers in Utah are something else, you know? So you just got to keep your eyes, eyes peeled and your head on the swivel here. But yeah. Just, I mean, just be ready, have a plan, like talk yourself through it, like ask yourself questions or if you have trouble doing that, write them down, make an SOP for your family. If it, if it has to get like that. So oh, that's how I kind of look at it. Just make it a habit, make it a plan or make a plan, make it a habit and keep, just keep doing it. Like, yes. You're going to get lazy and it's going to fall off, but keep in your mind. Like, okay. I have to do this. I have to do this. I haven't worked out in like months. I don't know. I just been in this like mood where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to work out for a while. I just don't feel like it. But I tell myself every single day when I wake up, I'm like, all right, you get to work. Just hit the gym for like 15 minutes. That's all you have to do, George. That's all you have to do. You don't yeah. need to bring gym clothes. Just get in there and get after it. I tell myself every day, have I done it? No. And do I feel bad? Of course I feel bad. Like, do I feel guilty of not staying in the best shape of like, as I can? Yes. But guess what? I'm still alive I'm, and I'll get to it eventually. You know, that's how I kind of look at things. But I, but I don't like looking at things like that. I hate that I think like that. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to like, just go do some push-ups. Go do some sit-ups. But I let my life get in my head. I let, you know, work get in my head. So I'm like, oh, I got to get to work. I got to get to work. But I just have to work on myself and change my habit. That's all it is. Work in progress, like everybody else. That's all. And yep, exactly. One day at a time. Yeah. You know, I feel like a problem that a lot of people get into, um, it, myself included, just think you have to do everything at once instead of just breaking it down. Okay. Yes. This done today, just a couple things done, but that just that compounds over so much time. I mean, you can get a lot done just getting a few things done every single day. Oh yeah, d- definitely, hundred percent. Like my thing is making lists. I have to make lists. Dude, yeah. If I don't write it, if I don't write it down, it doesn't get done. Like honestly, I'm like, okay, the exact same thing right here. Yeah, I'm like, I'll remember it. I'll remember it. And guess what? Three days later, I get a call. Hey, George, did you get that uh, that, that invoice done? Or hey, George, did you get that check sent out? I'm like, what? And I look at my email. I'm like, oh, that one. I should write that down. So it's just, it's you know, it's all my fault. You know, if something happens, it's it's on me. I'm not can't blame anybody but me for my actions. So it's just you know, like you said, it's growing pains. It's it's. You know, I got, I'm 42 years old. I got, I got at least another 40 years in me. So it's like, I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I can't really function without uh, a daily task list of things I got to get done. Yeah, exactly. If, if so. I don't do that, I feel depressed. I feel just like unproductive. It's just not a good thing. I got yeah. to do doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, you mentioned earlier um, that your courses are primarily for, um, did you mention it was people who were kind of at all levels or is it mostly? So, yeah, so we have, we have, um, we have courses that are just for beginners. We have courses like our gunfighter pistol or gunfighter carbine. It's, it's more for intermediate type shooters, but at the same time, we go through every single like safety precaution. We, we train by the numbers. We have a, a uh, curriculum that is like, if you've never held a gun before, like we go over grip, we go over stance, we go over, uh, you know, trigger control, cadence, we go over all these fundamentals. So, if you think about it, it's all fundamentals that we do. 
when you add like these things like shooting from a car or shooting, you know, from a building from, from a window, it's still the basics are all there. It's just the environment changes, you know what I mean? So we teach you, you know, everything you needed to know from safety, safe, safe gun handling, um, uh, safe when you're moving with the weapon shooting, when you're standing there shooting, we make sure that, you know, you, you understand the way the gun, you, you gotta understand the way the gun works. Obviously you gotta understand the, the cycle function. You gotta understand like how to unload, to reload, um, all those things that you have to know. And we go through it step by step by step. And then, and then, you, you know, if you go to a course and you have an instructor, that's not, and they just say, okay, we're going to shoot five, five shot strings at this target. Go ahead, get online. All right, everybody on my, you know, on my command fire. Okay, fire. The one thing that is missing on there is that we do is you need to show the drill. If you're an instructor, every time you do something, you need to do it and show them the right way of doing it. Because if you don't, then why the hell are you have in a class? You know what I mean? Right. So if I'm not showing you the proper way of unloading, reloading, and I just tell you to do it, that's wrong. Like that's, you know, that's not what we do here. Like we're, because <laughs> this, this thing about the liability alone, of running a range for a business is it's crazy you it's it's scary because you don't know any of the students that show up to your course unless you know they're one of your friends but i don't know this this people's background i don't know how many guns they own i don't know if it's their first gun you know how many rounds they shot mm-hmm. so we had taken the fact that when someone shows up we have to make sure that you know we cover everything we just can't say oh you guys you guys look like you guys can handle a weapon all right we're gonna go right into it you know we we make sure we, we break everything down. It's, it's very, we try to run the safest ranges as possible. So, but that's the thing. It's unpredictable. You don't know if someone's going to shoot themselves, holstering, you know, anything can happen at a range. Mm-hmm. So we try to implement the, you know, the best safety risk. We don't want any, you know, we make sure everything's safe. So. Right. Just leading by example. Yeah, exactly. Leading by example and showing that confidence and all of our instructors are amazing. We, Raul Martinez is our, like our head instructor, top guru guy uh amazing guy i mean just the the team we built that he built fan like phenomenal like we're yeah they just it's good i mean i have nothing else to say but amazing team so. yeah i actually messaged raul about uh coming on the show I want to get oh him yeah on. yeah what you, say? you want i'll hit him up for you i'll hit him up i'll tell him yeah he, he told me he was busy with courses for a month or two but i think he wanted me yeah. in february i believe Okay, yeah, do that. Yeah. Yeah. So Raul has a very interesting story. Uh, I can listen to him for, for hours telling his stories. So, yeah. Very good guy. He'll have a lot of good stories. That's the cool thing about the podcast, man. Is you get to meet cool people. I mean, oh, yeah. There's some, there's yeah. some cool people out there. Um, yeah. I got, I, I interviewed uh, the, he was the field, uh, the head field agent for the DEA office in, in Los Angeles. Like, I never thought in my whole life I'm, I would be interviewing, you know, guys like that, like Jim Miller. Eduardo Garcia, like all these interesting people that you that you get to talk to, and it's it's great. I I enjoy it. So yeah. And awesome. I never thought like I would ever put myself out there. Like I never thought I would be doing something like this, like talking and, and sharing my, you know, my, my my life, my experiences with people. And um, I've gotten a lot better with it and a lot more comfortable because I look at it as podcasts, YouTube videos, even Instagram posts. It's like we're historians, man, and, and, and we're collecting this stuff for just for, you know, for future use, for people to listen and get in, you know, inspired or or learn something, man. It's like 
it's like you look at it, we're historians, you know, we're, we're collecting these, these stories, we're collecting military history, we're collecting people's life history, we're collecting tidbits of all these little things. And, uh, and it, there's so much out there, like you go on, you know, iTunes podcast, and I can learn about anything, listen to anything. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool media platform right now, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you mentioned earlier, just kind of documenting everything. You don't have to yeah. work, you know, uh, yeah. you know, what's it called? A USB shit in the bed or anything like that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, so, I mean, and then you, you have like, with a touch of my, you know, my fingertip, I can listen to stories and history and all that stuff. So it's, it's pretty good. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we got it pretty good, man. We got it pretty good. I mean, 2021, oh, yeah. 2021 has been crazy so far, but I mean, you think yeah. I mean, we're very fortunate to be here. That's one of the things I try to remind myself every single day. Oh, yeah. get too complacent, like you mentioned earlier. Um, you know, whether it be with like your, because I'll be walking on the street, I'll just be staring at my phone like this. Like I, I need to be more situationally aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not getting. Because I don't know. Like, I'll follow those. I'll follow the pictures on uh, Instagram that show like the uh, the videos of like uh, someone coming in the store and robbing it, or, or you know, you get the ring, and yo, you have these people out here. Like I saw one yesterday, like they were right outside their house at the front porch and it was like probably like two friends that were just hugging, you know, I'm like, oh, what's going on? All of a sudden out of nowhere, you see this dude come up, hold a gun on him, rob him. And it's like, they were just, they were like at their house like that. And it was like, happened in an instant. And I'm like, God, I hope I never have to deal with something like that, man. Like never. Because, you know, since last year, this year with everything going on, it's like people, people ruin everything. We, we have a tendency to ruin a lot of good stuff. Like I'm at a point now where I come into work, I'm just over people right now. Like I don't want to be around people. I don't want to talk to people. Uh, it, it, it just makes me like, it, I don't know. It's, I hate people right now. Like, I don't know what it is, man. It's, it's like, you see people on Instagram, you see people on Facebook, you see people out, you see people on the news. It's like, just shut up and go home. Like go home, be yeah. with your family, do something positive, do something. Do something nice for somebody. Do like I don't know. Like, stop being so mean. <laughs> like <laughs> these people just these people love like just being mean. It's like we get it. Our country is not perfect. Like the people in charge, worthless. I'm sorry. I I, I hate politics. I stopped watching the news, which is like the, the best, the most healthiest thing, the healthiest thing I did for my life. And I just can't do politics, man. These people just get on my nerves because I look at it like. I get it. We, you know, you can go out and vote and your vote counts and it matters. And it's great. I love, you know, I love our country and, but it's like, okay, so I voted. My guy either wins or loses. Okay. So that guy, say my guy wins. My guy wins. Yeah, I won. It's like, okay, great. Now, what are you going to do? You talked all this shit. You talked all this shit during the election. You talked all this shit during your, whatever it is. And now it's time to, to do something. And nothing happened, man. It's like, it's always the same shit that happened. It's like, why do I have any, why would I have any belief or any confidence in my politicians when they're just doing the same shit over and over again? So I kind of stopped worrying about that shit. And I just, I'm doing me, man. I'm just having a good time. I'm not letting people irritate me as much anymore. And I'm just doing me and being like who I am. And if you're not nice to me, guess what? I'm never. I'm not going to mess with you. You know what I mean? Like I'm only doing nice people from here on out. You know? so, Good for you, man. Me, but yeah, I just. It's just. I can't. Like it's just not. 
I don't hate it. I mean, like all this shit that's going around. Just can we just calm down a little bit? Go yeah. home, drink a beer, smoke a blunt. I don't know whatever to do to relax, but you think go be with your family, or you know what? Go because a lot of people you see these people in these mug shots, man. It it's like you need to get like get some sun in your life, get on a good diet, do some push-ups and some sit-ups, man, or let it go. Like let her, let her, whatever that angst is inside of you, that anger. Let it go, man. Because guess what? I don't let like um, the last, you know, like President when Trump was in office, whatever he did, people got so outraged. It's like, who cares? You ain't gonna do nothing about it. Why are you caring? Yeah. Like, go to work. Be a productive member of society. Why don't you do something in your community that's positive and make maybe make a change, whatever? But stop worrying about one person in the White House that has no influence on you. Basically. I look at it like this. In four years, that man has influenced me for nothing. Like I, I'm doing me. Like I'm, I'm at work. I, I have to go to work. I have to pay my taxes. I have to pay my, the bills. I don't give a fuck what he's talking about. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I gotta survive. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how like I look at stuff a little bit. So that's that's definitely a good way to look at it. I got off of Facebook. One of the best decisions I've ever done in my entire life. I don't watch the news. I mean, yeah. I mean, you just don't need all no, that. No, it's that's great. No, no, you don't. It's it's terrible. I mean, it doesn't matter really. I completely agree with everything you're saying. I mean, I can't stand politics either. But I mean, it's like whoever's in the office, you you still got to wake up, put your shoes on, and, and get your stuff done. Uh huh. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, guess what? I have to get up. I have to get up like every Monday through Friday and go to work. Like, I can't yep. be like, hey, Mike, I'm just, I'm not really feeling what the president said today, so I'm just gonna stay home. It's really bothering. Yeah. Get over yourself. If you're letting that bother you, you're fucking weak and you need to get a little stronger. I'm sorry. Like, why would you ever let that bother you? Like, I agree. I get it. I get, I get, I, I get the reason why it bothers people. But man, let, <laughs> I get it too. Come on. Yeah. Stop. Just go enjoy your life. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. Completely exactly. Agree. Completely agree. Awesome, George. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, brother. Um, where can people find Fieldcraft? Where can people find you online? Um, hey, so you can find Fieldcraft Survival at fieldcraftsurvival.com. You can find us on YouTube, Fieldcraft Survival. You can find us on Instagram, Fieldcraft Survival. Facebook, you can, uh, Fieldcraft Survival. And you can find me on Instagram. Uh, I think my handle is george.bell.junior. Okay. So check me out. Give me a, give me a, give me a look. And uh, man, thank you so much for having me on, man. This is a good time. No problem. And your show on YouTube, what's working? It's awesome. oh, my show on YouTube. It's called Off Grid Cooking right now, but it's going to change. It's called uh, Insert Ingredient Here. So keep a lookout for that. Um, and uh, hopefully next couple of weeks we'll have an episode out. Awesome, man. All right, guys. Uh, I asked that, you know, if you guys enjoyed this show, please uh, tell a friend, you know, give us a review, give us a rating. This is an organic show. I'm not, you know, we're not paying for advertising to put this out there like most people do. Um, so if you guys enjoyed the show, I ask that you share it, help us out somehow. Uh, in the meantime, uh, thanks again so much for coming on, man. Hey, you're welcome, man. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you next time.